Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. In today's world, chaos is the only certainty. Over the last several years, we have witnessed the impossible occur in global events. The need for families and individuals to not only survive, but to thrive is now greater than ever. Experts the world over have emphasized the importance of generating additional forms of income. In the technologically advanced world we live in today, what if there was a way that we can use technology-powered AI where we can have algorithms do the work for you? Well, thanks to Algo Factory, that is exactly what we did. We teach you not only to leverage the market and carve out profits in the chaos, but we show you how to have a better quality of life by creating your own custom algorithm that trades on your behalf 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All the while, you can continue with your day-to-day responsibilities, checking in when needed on your trades that is working for you. Many clients of Algo Factory have been able to fund their savings, go on dream vacations, and even quit their nine to five jobs. They have created more time for themselves and more time for their families, all through the power of advanced AI and their personal custom algorithm, Algo Factory. Trade your job, upgrade your life. Good morning, everyone. It's V, the Gorilla Economist, coming to you live on this edition of The Outer Limits. And we have with us the scientist at large, the one in himself, the one and only Jet Blake is with us. Jet, good morning. How are you, buddy? Real good. How are you doing? I am rested. I am recuperated. I had a wonderful Mother's Day. I took the missus out. I uh, had a great time. Uh, ate very well. Uh, and I'm ready, man. I'm, I feel wonderful. I feel good. Well, that's, that's good. My uh, I heard from my sister she uh, and her husband my brother-in-law they went to visit family members in france and i thought oh that's a good time to go to france with all the protests i think that the media here is not really covering well, the protest gives you the authentic experience of france jet i mean what is paris without the protester they so uh 
yeah, the, the, the French people have always been unique throughout history where they, uh, in, in a good way, where they're very vocal and um, they can only tolerate so much. So they went into some of the hot, hot areas, uh, but uh, they had pictures of very beautiful ancient architect uh, as well. And, and the weather was nice, but uh, yeah. they, they had got back on their flight. And then unfortunately she just texted me before the show this morning. They're both sick with the uh, flu. So I hope that they, have a speedy recovery. I was just texting her before the show started. And, um, it's, it's, a, you know, it's always a bummer, isn't it? When you're sick with the flu, they, they both came down with it and they're bedridden, but hopefully they can get over it. So I'm glad that you're okay this weekend. I'm okay. I, I haven't had the flu in quite a while because I try to be careful around people and watch what I eat and take my supplements yeah, I take a uh, a therapeutic dose during the, the the winter time, and it's funny that your sister has the flu because it's not even flu season anymore. Uh, but during the winter time, I take a therapeutic dose of fifty thousand units mm -hmm. of vitamin D in one capsule. Yeah, I take uh, thirty milligrams of zinc monomethionine, yep. which is uh, the most absorbable form of zinc you can get. Mm -hmm. And folks, one of the things that Americans are lacking on, and I recommend all of you be on it, please. It's like you need to be on potassium. You need to be on magnesium. Yes. Um, very important. Selenium is huge. Uh, during the winter months, cold season, glutathione. I mean, my God, the most potent antioxidant in the body is glutathione. Um, these are the things you need to be on, folks. I mean, potassium, oh my God. I mean, just to have normal metabolic functions, you should be having 4,000 you know, 4,500 milligrams of metasium per day. And uh, we're not getting scarcely of that amount. Uh, same thing goes for magnesium and everything else. Uh, Americans are metabolically broken and that needs to be fixed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and the, the education isn't there in, in the, uh, the culture and the economy with a, a lot being in debt and uh, running around. Uh, stressed uh, books book schedules uh, a lot of times uh, two two income families the the mother the father working and maybe latchkey kids and then the, the processed foods just simply because they run out of time uh, or energy to cook fresh meals like i was raised in in the uh, 70s as a kid my um, mom was a stay-at-home mom so we kind of leave it to beaver type where she always had uh, fresh cooked meals since that isn't around the the nutrition and the mineral and vitamin supplementation is horrific in this country and then of course you'll have all the health consequences because of that yeah absolutely jet it is that time it's that time to take us into the very deep waters my friend well i'm that's interesting you said deep waters it's it's almost it's scary because you're psychic I, <laughs> people don't know we we really don't chat much never and really chat before a show at all no may, maybe two minutes before yeah. we get the link in in the studio and you you mentioned things like this <laughs> or during the show it, it's almost as if you read my notes or you're reading my mind so it's it's uncanny because it happens frequently not just once or twice a year but almost every week it's kind of spooky but i think it's because we're uh we've known each other for quite a while and and we have a a, a good relationship but we think similar and i i believe the rogue news audience um 
the community here at Rogue News were probably like-minded in many ways. And that helps because the train of thought is very similar and people get it. Um, and, and that's, that's the important thing. It's, it's more important for everyone to get it and have a community than uh, numbers as far as like trying to grow subscribers and uh, people that have podcasts or uh, media channels. Cause that's necessarily not a barometer just because you have X number of subscribers, do they really get it? And are they really a community? I'd rather have a more small, intimate community than just fat numbers that really don't mean much. Yeah. But I wanted to give a, an update because uh, there is a, I'm not beating a dead horse or beating the drum of fear. This is very relevant because of the uh, earth changes and uh, there, there's up, up to date data on this and it's going to get more and more critical especially in the next three years and when i conclude today's show i'll explain why the next three years are really nail biting uh and it's in the next five years uh, through 2028 are hair raising but the next th uh, three years will be uh, e even worse and there's no real safe place to be per se where you're like ah, i don't have to worry about it because uh what what happens globally the way technologies evolve the economies manufacturing uh food distribution as an example what what can happen in the southern hemisphere or in uh, let's say asia could greatly affect the americas so just because an event happened on the other side of the earth, uh, geologically, tsunami, earthquake, volcano, or uh, flooding, uh, hail, or things, of, it absolutely can affect the, the Americas, even though uh, as far as weather patterns or the event wasn't even close. But if it affects uh, the economy or shipping or uh, food and commodities, in the supply chain we're all interconnected more so than ever in mankind's history so that makes us very vulnerable so this information that i'm about to present today will have an impact if you're dead center and i'm not picking on any states but say you're dead center in indiana uh, missouri kansas and you're like well he talked about something in the pacific yeah it'll it'll affect us right in the middle of the midwest of the united states as an example because of how Societies developed and uh, the the economy and, and technology and supplies, food distribution. So these updates are very uh, critical, and there isn't any typical typical solution. the The group of scientists that I work with and the data that we have, we're still kind of scrambling and trying to make assessments ourselves as to what to do. And let me tell you, it's it's not not easy. So there's two schools of thought. One is just to keep quiet, absolutely keep quiet and let this unfold as it's going to, not say one word. And then uh, as it affects people, it affects people. Uh, that's a strategy that probably 80% uh, adopt and they feel that that's probably the wisest route to go. I'm going out a little bit on the limb, sharing this information 
and whether I should or not, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, it's of, of help to forewarn people or give them data to where as they hear and see events, they can connect the dots based on the conversations we've had on the show. My thinking is I'm a little bit different than a group. I'm thinking, well, I think if the data is out there, if there's a few, say in this show, two to 5,000 individuals listening to the show, that's information maybe they would appreciate. And um, what they do with the information is up to them. At least maybe if I can present it in a fashion that can be digestible or understandable, I feel that uh, that's necessary. But I'm definitely outnumbered in the group of scientists. Most of them say, do not recommend that I do these shows or release this data. So that, that's kind of an behind the scenes what's going on not that they don't like people by any means uh, they just feel that it's wiser to keep quiet and they're just gathering the data and documenting this uh, for future history sake so yeah. it's inter interesting i don't know if you guys were aware of that but that's what's happening um so uh i talked before about uh tonga and uh, that's in the uh, Pacific, right in the middle of the uh, Pacific Ocean. And it's kind of, let's say, east, north. So about the island republic of Tonga? Yeah. Yeah. yeah north, northeast of New Zealand. Uh, but there's a, a very well done documentary, uh, PBS and Nova released a documentary about the volcanic eruption that happened January 15th, year 2022, last year, January 15th. And the major eruption was at 5.15 p.m. Yeah. And it had rumblings days and weeks before that, which were videotaped by scientists and uh, drones, you know, those quad uh, flying helicopters with the GoPro type camera. And they uh, were documenting this. But... This special done by Nova on, on PBS, it was released maybe four days ago, very recent. They did a, a, a good job, and I wanted to play certain clips of that. Uh, the entire show is like 58 minutes, but I am broke it down into certain clips where I start and stop, and then I'll give an explanation and then a summary. So what I'll do is do my share screen here, and we'll start. Are you able to see that? Uh, no, you got to hit share screen and bring it in. It's not in the studio. Where'd it go? Oh, here we go. Now now it should yep. be. Now I see it. Bingo. Okay. And I, I should have to share the uh, audio. So uh, I'll place certain clips of this. It's not the entire 53 minutes. But for example, here we're starting at the 3 minute and 30 second mark. And then I'll, I'll stop it and start it in, in key areas. This first section will be from the three minute, 30 second mark to nine minutes. I knew what was coming. Tsunami. I accepted the fact that we have three minutes left to live. I just felt sorry for the boys, 
my son and the other boys, they were busy taking pictures and laughing. But I knew, you get hit by tsunami, you go to deep water, just go. But the wave is chasing us and coming fast. And the sky was gray and murky. But now we're in the deep water. We can see the wave come to the other side and hit the main island. It must have gone underneath us. We didn't even feel it. We thought we were now okay, we just go home and that's it, but the worst was to come. It started to rain rocks on us. It's getting worse. And then no. everything went pitch black. You couldn't see your hand in front of you. Everything was dark, no electricity on the island, no electricity, no lights. I look at the boys, everybody's silent. Three hours, fighting the sea. Branco and his family had survived the most explosive event ever recorded on Earth. Holy cow. At 5.15 p.m. on January 15th, 2022, satellites witnessed the volcano Hungatonga Hungahapai blast a cloud of ash and rocks up into the atmosphere. Within minutes, tsunami waves crashed into the South Pacific nation. Oh my God. I ran with my son. I could see that the way was higher than this house. We saw a huge wave. It came smashing over the top of the church and school roofs. Holy cow. A boy came and reached out to grab me. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to carry you so we can escape. Rock and debris rained down on Tonga for over 10 hours. Covering the country in a layer of volcanic dust. Wow. It was a disaster. It was like driving through a movie set where a bomb just exploded. It was left with dust and nothing but no color. It was just like a black and white movie. Journalist Marion Kupu recorded the impact on her country. This is my route towards work. And I would drive uh, here and, and I would take pictures. There was hopelessness in the faces of people. People in shock, calling and looking for loved ones. 
we didn't know are we gonna all die is this the end of the world whole villages were destroyed but remarkably across the country there were just three deaths that's incredible well, three people died. Look at that explosion. Scientists around the world struggled to explain the enormity of what had happened. From satellites, we saw this huge eruption. We could not believe it. And we still don't know what actually generated that tsunami. Discovering how Hungatonga Hungahapai caused this disaster could transform our understanding of the threats from volcanoes. Kingdom of Tonga, home to over 100,000 people. It is one of the most isolated countries on Earth. Separated from Australia and New Zealand by hundreds of miles of open ocean. It is an archipelago of over 170 separate islands in the South Pacific. Less than 40 miles from the main island of Tongatapu is the volcano, Hungatonga, Hungahapai. Okay, so that's, uh, we'll start in other areas. I wanted to give a little breakdown. Uh, there's over 170 islands in this yeah. uh, stretch in the South Pacific. And Hungatonga, mm -hmm. uh, Hungahapai is the... Uh, that's what they called me in college. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Good. Uh, Hongatonga or Hongahapai? Both, both. Hunga Hongatonga. But I, I, I just call me Hong for short. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, when that uh, what's interesting when that explosion uh, happened, that was the largest explosion in mankind's history. And uh, how many megatons was that explosion? Well, it was. Uh, I'll show a little clip. It was around 6 million tons of, of ash. And um, it rained down for 10 hours, rocks and debris. So think about so, how high. How do you have 10 hours later, it's still casting uh, rocks and, and debris coming down on the island. It was over 60 million tons of TNT. And... Yeah. The six million tons of ash that hit the island. To give a perspective, if you took Manhattan, you could cover the entire Manhattan of New York, and not only would it be covered, it would be four hundred feet thick of debris. Mm -hmm. So take Manhattan and cover it with four hundred feet of ash, rock, and debris. This is this this is uh, massive. So what I'll do is uh, continue the, the next spot. You understand the world. The video is a bit choppy. Could you give, I, I can pull it up on my end, Jet. Oh, they, should I just try the uh, try this? Producing the... Uh, this might help. See Maybe. I don't know what your bandwidth is. The concern is the volcanic ash. Yeah, it's like choppy video. Over six million tons fell on Tongatapu alone. What's what's the what's the the 
the um, timestamp on that. I, I, I can pull that up. Oh, I have several timestamps. Um, Got it. There's about. Right, eight. That's fine. Just want me to continue? Okay. Yeah, just continue. It's fine. Uh, well, for the future broadcast, just give me your timestamps, and this way I'll, I'll, I'll I can play it, and it'll be like super smooth. Okay. Uh, but go ahead. We'll just we'll, we'll we'll run it as is for now. Go go for it. Transforming a once green environment. So see how it was covered in ash, ash yeah. aerial, aerial uh, photos. So the next, uh, it was just the entire island. It wasn't one square inch that was spared from uh, that ash. And then you have the problem with, uh, on any uh, volcanic eruption, the uh, ash is extremely acidic. So it, it affects your uh, plants, the soil, uh, for, for many years, and water. So islands rely on rainwater. They're capturing rainwater. But you're going to have acetic water for quite a while. Uh, so potable water becomes a concern after a major, oh, yeah, major. Earth, earthquake. Most geologically active places on Earth. To the east of Tonga, two of the planet's vast tectonic plates are crashing into each other. The Pacific plate is being forced downwards in a process called subduction. As it descends towards the hot center of the Earth, it gets warmer. The rocks begin to melt, turning into liquid magma, which rises towards the surface collecting in magma chambers under the sea floor. Occasionally, this magma surges upwards and erupts out of the volcano. But the constant subduction refills the magma chamber. Yeah, that's crazy. Which can trigger more eruptions. Now, what's interesting is uh, where this, these group of scientists in this special done very well by nova where they maybe differ yeah, i just want to watch this this is actually a really good oh it's yeah i recommend everyone watching the whole thing i, I posted the link folks it's in the live chat so okay. if you guys want to watch the video we'll watch it on your own time uh, go ahead, the where we differ a little bit uh, obviously uh, you can have a group of 100 scientists and you'll get different takes that's just the nature of the field there's nothing uh, wrong with that but uh, uh we're a little bit different because we think the subduction process of the two plates is reversing. So instead of the uh, one plate diving under uh, another plate, which is, which is standard protocol in, in ge geology, that that subduction is reversing. And with the earth being uh, pressurized internally, then the plates are starting to separate. So instead of one plate diving below another, as that illustration had shown, that process is stopping, and then now the plates are starting to separate or pull apart. That's the, the only difference. And then there's constant pressurization. So instead of the cavity building <clears throat> up pressure, a volcano erupts, and then there's a hollow corridor that takes time for the reservoir to be filled with magma again. Mm -hmm. And then it shoots up. Now our data is showing that it's constantly pressurized. 24 hours a day. It's not emptying and then needing weeks and months 
or what used to be years to fill and then blow off, cap off the uh, blow off steam and magma that's constantly pressurized now with no voids needing to be filled up again. So I'll do next ones right here. Yeah, see the island of Hongahapai? So that's right on the edge of the volcano. The main volcano is actually over to the east. So in this great big expanse of what looks just like completely clear ocean, we're actually sitting right on top of the Honga caldera. So below us is actually the volcano. Hungatonga Hungahapai is a submarine volcano. A submarine volcano. Its two and a half mile wide crater sits at the top of a mountain nearly 6,000 feet tall, which is almost completely hidden underwater. Only in two places is the crater wall high enough to break the surface, forming the two islands. Before the January 15th eruption, the volcano looked very different. The center of the crater was 2,300 feet shallower. The islands were far bigger, and between them was the volcanic cone. On December 20th, 2021, this cone suddenly sprang to life. Usually, eruptions in Tonga are monitored by satellite. But space is too far away to pick up all the detail. So, for almost four weeks, Tanyela regularly came to the volcano to check for increasing activity with a drone. We came here on the evening of the 14th of January. I saw a column of ash and gas almost two miles wide, just rising into the heavens. Okay, so he's here. It starts to become active December 20th, 2021. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, He's the geologist uh, for the government, and uh, it, it takes a little over an hour to get there because it's about 40 miles away from the main island. So he was out there regularly uh, with his drone and taking readings. So he, on December 20th, he was there when it started to be active, and you saw that uh, a few seconds ago in the video, it, it's spewing uh, some ash. And then uh, December 30th, is uh, the video where it's becoming more active. So that's 10 days later, December 30th. Now here in this video, uh, this is footage from his drone, the geologist, the government official, he was there January 14th. Less than 20 hours later, if he were there, he'd be dead. There'd be no trace of him. So he had no idea what was about to happen. So his life was in jeopardy. Even this day, taking this video and getting the, the data in his job. Yeah. He was 20 hours away from never being seen again. 
Jeez. That's, that's just, just keep that in mind. So it, it, it shows in a way we don't think about it, but how brave uh, some of these government employees and these scientists were, where they might not come home to, to their family and trying to get critical data. Cause they were trying to predict uh, this thing's being very active. When, when, when's it going to pop and like kind of <clears throat> evacuation or tsunami alerts. And we'll, further in this video, we'll show why these scientists are risking their, their lives because of what's at stake. So I, I just want to throw that in there uh, where I have, being a fellow research scientist, not in that field, but I have a great respect for these men and women that you're seeing uh, in this documentary. There were lightning bolts everywhere. Happened all around the island. Like shooting several thousands of crack firecrackers all at the same time. It felt like I'm witnessing Mother Earth's might and power being released. Eight hours later, the volcano stopped erupting. Then at 5.15 p.m. on January 15th, it produced an eruption over 70 times larger, exploding with the power of over 60 million tons of TNT. Wow. And triggering a series of tsunami waves that hit Tonga, Australia, Japan, and the Americas. Do you see what's happening, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, a massive, massive explosion, creating a massive seismic event, pushing plates, creating tsunamis. That's bad. Okay, so this is a real satellite uh, imagery here. This is this is one volcano in the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Uh, now, nothing to take lightly 60 million tons of, of TNT and 6 million tons of ash raining for 10 hours. But look what it did. Do you know what kind of energy it takes to cause that kind of wave formation? You, you know how many thousands of nukes? Yes. And it reached, it reached every continent. Yeah. And right? I can't, I cannot even imagine the speed at, at, at which that water is traveling Chad. You're talking about water moving maybe hundreds of miles an hour. Yes. This. So try to keep in mind that this, this is forewarning, and we don't have all, all the answers. We, we have enough data where we can't sleep at night. So my family will test, testify to that. I don't sleep much anymore, V. Because the, the stress is over. We're not designed for this kind of stress. And the intel that we have, you don't want to be in my shoes. We don't have all, all the answers. But what, what's happening is this picture here of one volcano, I hate to tell everyone, but over 60,000 volcanoes will be doing this. 60,000? You, you heard me correctly. 60,000. 
thousand of these volcanoes will be doing this all at the same time. Yeah, and this is because of the of that dark star event you were talking about. Yeah, these are solar system harmonics and electromagnetic energy and how it affects planets, not just Earth. Other planets are uh, having great stresses. Of Venus and Mars also uh, are not escaping this. Uh, the problem is we live here and Earth, the, the interior planets, but uh, Venus, Earth, and Mars take the brunt. They always have, uh, they always will. And I'll get it later in this presentation. Let's see how my time's doing. Yeah, well, I'll, got time. I'll get to it. Uh, but these visuals, PBS and NOVA did a very good job because we're, we're visual learners. This will help uh, visualize. This is not fear porn. I'm telling you, uh, as, this is inside information I think you need to know. When you see this is just one volcano, and when 60,000 go off, we can't even comprehend. There's nothing in history. There's no way the human consciousness can comprehend what Earth is about to experience. Just keep that in mind. Well, I'll yeah. keep going. Why had this volcano suddenly produced such an immense explosion? Why was it so much more powerful than the previous day's eruption? And is the volcano active enough to erupt again in the near future? And the answer, unfortunately, is yes. Not only that, but many more. So what happens is you have uh, in near Santorini, Greece, you have Colombo, which is a volcano similar in size. Yeah. And um, Omorudoshi uh, outside Tokyo by 40 miles is a, another submarine volcano equally uh, the size. The problem is you're dealing with tens of millions of people. Not just an island of a hundred thousand. Follow me. Yeah. So, in in these, there's over fifty thousand submarine volcanoes. The problem is they uh, recently found, and I'll, I'll show you this. They recent recently found, and when I say recently, within the last thirty to forty days, they recently found another nineteen thousand. <laughs> So they're, they're everywhere uh, crisscrossing all the ocean floors. So typically what you have to remember, what they're calling islands, what, what we call islands today, they're, technically they're not really islands. They're tops of mountains. Sure. They're mountains that just are poking through. It's the part of the mountain that's poking through the ocean floor. And you go, oh, that's a beautiful island. It's like, uh, that's not an island. That's the top of a mountain. So in, in, crisscrossing the globe northern southern hemisphere what we see as islands most of these they're volcanoes <laughs> so uh with the earth being pressurized basically uh close to 98 percent are all active now there aren't any more uh dormant volcanoes because they are ancient pressure relief valves sure and if if they exist that means the earth had pressurization before in its early geology. That's just how these... I mean, the, if, if you're talking about plate tectonics, I mean, there's a lot of evidence that brings credence to the fact that the Earth is actually getting bigger. And if you need to get yes. bigger and, and expand those plates, uh, you need these pressure relief valves to start opening up so you have uh, dislocation of those plates. So, 
I think uh, we could be heading for, for, for that as well, Jed, it looks like. Well, exactly. So I, I before, just to repeat myself, and a lot of the audience probably remember this illustration, if you uh, have a balloon and uh, you blow it up to the 50% uh, volume of its capacity, obviously, uh, whether it's a balloon with air or a water balloon, once it reaches capacity, it'll pop. So let's take a balloon and only blow it up at 50% its capacity. Yeah. And you kind, of, you kind of hold the base so the air doesn't leak out. And then you put, maybe you remember I did. Did you, did you ever mess with uh, paper mache in yeah. uh, art class? Absolutely. Like elementary school? Okay. So take that balloon and, and put some paper mache over it. So you have that uh, flour and water with the strips of newspaper and place it on there. And then it dries. It kind of hardens. Not as hard as a cast, like when you broke your arm or leg. But... Uh, paste that balloon with a thin layer of paper mache, then go ahead and blow up, continue to blow up the balloon. What happens to that paper mache? Well, it breaks apart and it'll expand as the balloon expands, but the yeah, paper mache yeah. separates. Mm. And then as you blow the balloon up uh, larger, you'll see the surface of the balloon where uh, it, it's, it expanded and the paper mache has separated. So that's what the earth is ready to do. Picture the earth, its current configuration with the crust and the oceans, and it's going to expand just like that balloon would with paper mache. So here's uh, another spot. We'll... That means that is telling us this is interaction magma and water. Water can be extremely explosive. If it hits something as hot as magma, water instantly turns to gas, expanding as much as 4,000 times. It would seem the most intense eruption ever witnessed by science was detonated by the explosion of water. But there is a mystery. The volcano's magma is usually locked away from the ocean in a chamber over three miles below the surface. Why did water and magma suddenly come into contact on January 15th? In the global seismic records, the team spots signals the satellites didn't detect. Okay. That's it? Uh-huh. Yes. 28 minutes before the big eruption, there was a series of smaller precursory eruptions. We think the precursory eruptions led to the rapid fracturing of the upper volcano and then seawater gets down into the magma and away we go and we start a very, very violent explosion. The magma and water were separated by thousands of feet of solid rock. The team thinks on January 15th, the first of the precursory eruptions cracked open faults. As this series of eruptions continued, these cracks grew bigger and bigger until finally they allowed cold seawater to flood in, hitting incredibly hot magma in the chamber. That's going to be crazy. That is a, a pressure explosion. Cover. Yep. So that's 
that's what happened there. And then uh, uh, later the, the video will show that large section collapsed uh, in the middle. And then as it collapsed, that's what created the 60-foot tsunami that just devastated the, the, uh, mm. the island. Unreal. With uh, all, all the uh, debris. So the next part shows it's a good illustration on uh, the classic uh, tsunami and how that works uh, where the fell in the boat with his boy. In yeah, that's wild. They, in the beginning of the video, they were spear fishing because they're, they're locals. Sure. And he knew uh, this, he knew a tsunami was coming and he mentioned the importance of getting to uh, deep water. Yeah. Uh, was his only chance in that little tiny boat with, I think there's four, four of them. So a very smart man, and he hightailed at full throttle to get into deeper water. Here's why he needed to get to deeper water, but the illustration shows why the island got devastated uh, with the 60-foot tsunami. A wave with immense power arrived at the peninsula and caused widespread damage because of what happens when a tsunami enters shallow water. The energy of a tsunami is spread throughout the depth of the ocean. In deep water, this makes the height of the wave barely noticeable. But as the wave reaches shallow water, it is slowed dramatically. And the water begins to pile up, making the wave higher and higher. Okay, so that's why when these volcanoes erupt, everyone that's near coastal regions, so whether it's the Philippines or Japan, Indonesia, islands like this, or you're on the west coast of South America, Central America, uh, North America, including Alaska, uh, the, these events you will have, there's no way around 100 to close to 200 foot waves. Hmm. And the inertia and the energy of the masses of water, nothing can withstand. Even no, I mean, water, water, yeah, I mean, water is the most powerful force on Earth. I and mean, people don't realize water at high pressure can cut diamonds. That's a fact. Yeah. So imagine a, a tidal wave moving at 500, 600, 700 miles an hour. Good God, man. When a large amount of magma erupts from a volcano, large amounts of magma come out at once. And so that means that the top part of the volcano actually then sinks in on itself. Shane's idea is that as material erupted out of the magma chamber, it created a larger and larger void underground. When it could no longer support the weight of material above, the entire caldera dropped over 2,300 feet. Jeez. Seawater flooded in, kickstarting tsunamis that radiated out from the volcano. An explanation of how the volcano could generate a 60 foot wave. The team has found that a caldera where the water can get into the magma chamber can erupt explosively and generate life-threatening tsunamis. 
heightening the need to monitor these types of volcanoes. And only 55 miles from Hungatunga, Hungahapai, is its volcanic twin, the island of Tofua. Tofua. Just like the Hunga volcano, Tofua has a two and a half mile wide caldera. Oh boy. So this is the next one that's going to go. Are it's you kidding me? No, it's equally as large. Oh man! There's, it's just, there's just no, no way out of what, what's coming. So it's a matter of uh, preparation as far as uh, psychologically, uh, spiritually, uh, in uh, evaluating what's important in your life. It, it, uh, my, this might be kind of uh, sappy. Uh, per se, but it's, <clears throat> I don't know what else to, uh, to, to mention. Let's see, 49, this might be a good spot here. One that we haven't seen here before. This is Tofu. Everything Tofu. that we've discovered today is absolutely new. And I think will be quite a shock around the globe. Tonga is still recovering from the eruption of the Hunga volcano. Now, scientists have discovered that its volcanic twin, Tofua, is far more active than satellites have led them to believe. Oh, man. A finding that has implications far beyond Tonga. Whoa. Okay, so let me so do how, that. How much worse is Tofua? Uh, it's, it's equal magnitude. It's going to be just just as bad so um <clears throat> what i want to show you is a couple things here there's known there was fifty thousand submarine volcanoes and and, and that's an indicator a lot of these are near highly dense populated the mediterranean uh the pacific the, the philippines indonesia japan so uh the bad news is this. They just found 19,000 more. Jesus. And they're all pressurized. So what do you say when you have over 60,000 submarine volcanoes are all pressurized, they're all going to pop? And we saw what just one did. So th this... I'm going to, I'll tell you what I want to do. <laughs> I'm going to find the most beautiful scenic beach <laughs> on Malibu. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to probably have a fresh hot pie from Lombardi's Pizzeria in, in New York, which is the first pizzeria in all the United States. I'm going to have a nice, delicious brisket sandwich from my favorite barbecue joint. I have a Philly cheesesteak. I'm going to watch the whole tidal wave come in. That's, <laughs> there's nothing you can do, man. Nineteen thousand submarine volcanoes just recently discovered. God, they just so here we are in, in year twenty twenty three, and they, they're just now finding nineteen thousand more. Nineteen thousand more uh, that, that could not be detected by satellites, so they're getting better in their instrumentations and drones and able to find them. It's like, oh, can it get any worse? Uh, well, yeah. See right here, seven point six. Yeah. Is my, my is, can you see it on the screen? Yep, I'm watching right now. 
Okay. 7.6 right there. Bingo. Oh, I colored it in, in pink or a, a kind of a mauve color here. Uh, the, oh, the only way to survive this, I have to get a boathouse. Yeah. Right. 7.6. So, ladies and gentlemen, 7.6, one of the largest earthquakes to hit, just hit a few days ago. Where is this? Tonga. Wait, this just happened yesterday? Four days ago. We just had a 7.6 in Tonga yeah. four days ago. Yes. The same volcano oh, that we just watched this documentary. This whole thing's going to go, V. This whole thing's going to pop. We just had a major one here, C in green, 5.3 in Ecuador. This this is this is all the pressurization and the plates separating. This so if you were to map these underground 19,000 of these underground submarine type uh yes. and this is also the reason why we had those deep sea fish, the uh lancet yes. fish that are usually swimming around at six thousand meters under the ocean. They're yes. like they're like washing up on shore now. Yes, because what happens is these these submarine volcanoes are being active and then the the hot water temperatures and the the toxic uh, sulfuric gases are killing the fish or driving them up in shallow waters where, where they're not uh, naturally found or they're uh, they're washing up on the seashore so when you see those, the ancient recordings had mentioned that seafaring men, marines and sailors, when they saw these creatures, they knew trouble was ahead because that there was uh, situations deep. The, the, the sailors had sayings and slogans that when they saw these deep sea creatures, they knew that there was uh, compromisation at the bottom of a seafloor. And that that was a bad sign to see these sea creatures, whether they washed up on shore or they were seen uh, near the surface. They're like, uh-oh, this isn't good. And that that's knowledge that's over 6,000 years old that's been passed down. And what are we doing? We're seeing them. It's the people are filming them, YouTube and other channels and the news media. They're, that's You don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure out what's going on. So where you have here in the Atlantic, uh, this... Uh, picture here these these plates these seams yeah these are all riddled with tens of thousands of volcanoes all along this seam here so they're all pressurized the earth is expanding there's just there's no way there's no way to stop it there's nothing we can do it's happened before it'll happen again this is a natural stage of how planetary systems work so what, what i want to show I'm gonna. I, I can tell. I'm gonna end up eventually only having ten people watching the show. Nah, you, you need to stop self-deprecating yourself. Your show is like one of the most popular things. I think this is reverse psychology you're trying to use. You're always being self-deprecating, and then all of a sudden you get a bunch of views. I know. I know what game you're playing, Jet. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we got seven minutes, Jet. I got. Yep. I have a hard stop at uh at twelve. No, this call to jump on. I'm actually doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good on time, so we'll, yeah. we'll be we'll be okay. So this is a 3D solar map, uh, and if, if you can see here, uh, I scroll, Earth's here in blue. Yeah. Mars is over here. Venus, Mercury right here. So these four planets, the, the interior planets, really get affected by the uh, bl black star. So the black star comes up south of our 
ecliptic. So it comes up this this way. I mentioned this in uh, previous shows. Comes up this way. And what it does is it comes in between the Mars orbits in red, Earth's here in blue. It comes in between Earth and Mars from the south ecliptic and then exits this way through the, the north. Never collides with the planets, never has, never will. And it's small. It's way smaller than Rhode Island. But th this is its pathway. So right now, it's coming up on the elliptical plane from the south. And it's right about here where my cursor is, right there. Well, let me tilt it this way. So now this is kind of a top-down view of our solar system. Yeah. So here you see Saturn and, and Jupiter, these, these gas giants. The, the others, if I scroll back, are out there. See how far out Neptune is? Uranus is over here, Neptune, Pluto, way over there. Sure. But... Primarily, what I want to focus on, if I zoom in here, the gas giants. So when this black star came inbound and made a portal connection in 2004, and that's what triggered the tsunami in Indonesia, uh, it's been coming closer and closer, obviously, since 2004, and it's been energizing all these planets, especially the interior planets. But what happened is, if I go back to, see it down here, it says 2023, May 15th. If, if I clip, clip, click back, um, let me scroll in, say like 2016, see where Jupiter is? Yeah. My mouse. Okay, mm -hmm. 2016, Jupiter's here. 2017. I think one of our guys on, on the chat, Raven6, he I mean, mentioned that Jupiter and uh, another gas giant is kind of in alignment, and then you have the sun on the other side, and the Earth is right in the middle. Yeah, so here, uh, see the dates? See where I'm showing Jupiter and Saturn? For, for many years, even though we've been energizing interior planets, Jupiter and Saturn, but mostly uh, Jupiter, these two play a major role in yeah. solar system harmonics. Correct. Uh, especially with the phenomenon of the black star, which is an electromagnetic emitter like our sun is, but a different type of electromagnetic emitter. But if we fast forward 2021, 2022, uh, look where Jupiter and Saturn are starting to end up. Right behind the sun. Okay. See, 2023, mm -hmm. they used to be over here. All during, yeah. you know, conveniently, last three years of, of the, the weird stuff. Right now, they're starting. Okay. Four minutes left. And this is what's going to shock everyone. And you've you got to go off to your international meeting. 2023. Look what happens. 2024, 25, 2026. 2026. And where do we have? What do you see? What do you see here? I, I I see Saturn. Uh, where's oh boy Jupiter? Oh my God, man! What do you see? I see disaster. I see a major issue here with the solar system harmonics. Yes, I see and a three-body uh, problem. Because if you look at the solar system harmonics, and if I tilt it like this, coming out from the southern. E Ecliptics coming over from the southern. Yep. Right here. Right here. By 2026, this is where the black star is. 
Remember, it doesn't yeah, collide yeah. with any planets. So right. we're not worried about collision. It's right there. Where are all the other planets? Oh, my God. Everybody's behind. What's the only planet there? Earth. We're the only one there. Yes. Do you understand the, the mathematics that we've been doing and the solar system harmonics? There is no planet at this point to absorb or buffer the, the black star. Earth gets 100% full brunt of all the electromagnetic energy. It's, it's game over. This is when? In May of 2026? Yes. So we'll end it on that note. Yeah, be with your family, get right spiritually, and get your priorities. What? What? Why are we here? What's life all about? At this point, do you think it really matters uh, what your investment portfolio is, or the type of real estate you own, or uh, you know, uh, art of art, painting? No, I don't know about you, Jet. I, I'm going to get into my. I'm going to get into my 911. I'm going to order some Lombardi's pizza. <laughs> I'm going to speed as fast as I can through the Angeles Crest the Pacific <laughs> Coast Highway and watch the whole thing come down. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. I, I, I keep, I don't remember the movie, the Woody Harrison, is it 2012 or something like that, where he's got the backpack and he's kind of broadcasting yeah. uh, or the whole thing. Yeah, it's kind of that. So uh, j just think about while we're here, enjoying every day, uh, being close with your family, and then uh, that's 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 amazing, man. look with all the data we have this is the only thing this is the only answer i have folks this, this is it i there isn't i don't know it's an amazing piece of data that, that's, this, this unless is there is divine divine yes intervention like what happened in 2012 when there was a massive coronal ejection that was about to hit the earth and all of a sudden it got diverted yes yeah, that right. That that's that gives you goosebumps because you're like, oh, oh my god. Anybody who said there is no god, when you see that that ejection coming from the sun about to blast the earth, and it got diverted. And the last second gets diverted to the left. Yeah. Oh my god. We that, all should have been dead that day. All right. of us should have been dead that day. Right. There's nothing man and military didn't do that. No, so that, that is God Himself, my friend. Sure. Yeah, there's there's no God question. Himself. There's no question that 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 they're very powerful divine source and God that I absolutely believe that exists. We have evidence in the lab. We're thoroughly convinced as scientists, we know that. So that this is where we're at. So obviously I, I would say, wouldn't you want, uh, Oh, we got to go. It's 11 o'clock. Folks. We'll, we'll be back <laughs> next week. Keep it locked here. Jet Blake, the man, the myth, the legend, the scientists at large, find him in the discord. Amazing show today, folks. Thank you all for showing up. And that being said, I have to go jump on a phone call with the government of a certain country to discuss crypto. So cheers, everyone. All right. Bye.